Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of deals, mergers, and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening. As we speak to you today, Scripps Networks is close to being acquired by a large media company. Who that company is, we don't know yet. The primary players are Discovery and Viacom. Both are about the same size in terms of market cap, around $15 billion. Scripps is about $10 billion after several stories from us in the Wall Street Journal saying a deal was getting increasingly likely. Joining us is Bloomberg Media reporter Jerry Smith in studio in New York and Bloomberg Media analyst Paul Sweeney on the phone from my current hometown of Princeton, New Jersey. Hi, guys. Welcome. Morning. Hey, Alex. Welcome back, I should say. All right, Jerry, let's start with you. What is Scripps Networks? Scripps Networks is the owner of uh, a few cable channels. Uh, the biggest and most popular is HGTV. This is a um, home and garden uh, type home improvement channel. Um, you've probably heard of shows like uh, Fixer Upper, Property Brothers. This was... Uh, Prop when, bros in my household, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, I, I can tell that you're a, a bit of a fan. I am a bit of a fan. There's nothing that will make you more likely to leave New York City like I did than watching HGTV, the most depressing channel on earth for New York real estate, where you realize that the New York real estate market is inversely related to the value of properties. Like the 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 worse a New York apartment is, seriously, I, I, look, I could spend two hours on this about <laughs> how a two hundred thousand dollar house in North Carolina has every amenity you can imagine, and an apartment in New York that doesn't have a dishwasher or washing machine is five times more expensive. But anyways. Uh, yes, HGTV, the most popular, of, probably the most popular of the Scripps networks. Is that fair to say? Oh, for sure. It, it was the high, uh, one of the highest rated uh, cable channels on television last year. It actually rated higher than CNN, which had uh, a huge year last wow. year. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of um, you know people taking old houses and fixing them up. Uh, pretty much all the shows are sort of the same in the, in that regard. But it's uh, extremely popular. Uh, they also have Scripps has channels like the Food Network and the Travel Channel. But HGTV is the uh, the big prize there. So is that what Discovery and Viacom want? They want HGTV, or they want something else from a uh, business perspective that comes along with scale of owning more networks? Yeah, I mean, it, it, in some ways, it, it's the idea is that if you have more uh, cable networks, especially popular ones, it, it's harder for distributors like Comcast or DirecTV to drop you. So if you're Discovery, um, you know, you have some channels like TLC and Animal Planet, um, but then all of a sudden, if you say, I've also got HGTV, then the chances of your other channels uh, getting kicked off the bundle, uh, it gets a lot harder. Paul, is is this the world we're still operating in where this is a simple scale game and these, you know, the scripts make sense for Discovery and Viacom because of what Jerry was saying? Because aren't we operating in this new world of skinny bundles where, you, you know, the, the, the cable guys, the pay TV providers have more leverage to lop off the channels they don't want? Yeah, I, I think it's true. I think, you know, we saw over the last uh, two or three years a lot of consolidation on the distribution side of the media equation with AT&T buying uh, Time Warner and DirecTV and then uh, obviously Charter, uh, Charter buying, uh, I'm sorry, Charter buying Time Warner Cable and AT&T, you know, making their acquisitions as well. So I think the, the real issue here is on the content side of the business. Do these companies need to get bigger and get scale uh, in a world where um, there are skinny bundles, in a world where uh, – carriage of your cable networks is not assured any anymore. So I think there's a little bit of a scale game there. I think there's also a little bit of a 
uh, you know, when you, when you take a look at Scripps Networks, um, this is a company that's got, as Jerry was mentioning, some uh, relatively few, but relatively high-quality, very loyal audience, uh, targeted niche uh, cable networks. Uh, they have a very strong standing uh, with women, which are very attractive to uh, advertisers and to dis- distributors. And they are also relatively low-priced cable networks such that uh, they don't cause the distributors a lot of money to, to carry. And I think they are doing pretty well in the skinny bundle world. So if you're at Viacom, if you're Discovery, you look at Scripps and you say, gee, here's a relatively small company, uh, but very attractive, uh, good balance sheet, good management, and some very good brands that seem to be performing pretty well you know, in a more competitive landscape. So Scripps' networks, main ones here are HGTV, DIY Network, do it yourself, Food Network, Cooking Channel, Travel Channel, and Paul's favorite, Great American Country. I know that's your Absolutely. favorite channel, right? <laughs> Who doesn't come home after a hard day's work and flip on Great American Country? So Discovery owns TLC, Investigation Discovery, Animal Planet, as Jerry mentioned, uh, the, some of these that I think they may own pieces of, like the OWN Network, Oprah Winfrey's Network, Science, Velocity, and they own some international plays like Eurosport, and they own Discovery Kids Play, and then Viacom, Comedy Central, Logo TV, MTV, and its associated spinoffs, MTV2, MTV Classic, etc., Spike, CMT, TV Land, VH1, Nickelodeon and all of the Nickelodeon spinoffs, BET and Centric. So, can you guys help me explain this? Let's say we have a deal with Viacom and Scripps, or Discovery and Scripps. Is it possible that one of these companies, after doing this deal, will have a robust enough package to actually offer an OTT service, an over-the-top service, that would go outside of the cable bundle, and they may be able to charge a few dollars to customers to get out of the cable bundle. Could that be a motivation here? Yeah, I mean, I've actually reported that according to sources last week, and that's from Discovery's perspective. That is one of the attractive things about Scripps is if you own Scripps, you have HGTV, and suddenly you have five of the top twenty cable channels. You can potentially offer a you know so-called skinny bundle with just scripts and discovery channels at a really low price point maybe 3 or 4 dollars a month um, you know, this could be offered through the distributors like Charter or Comcast could sell this as sort of an add-on package for broadband subscribers. Um, so, I mean, that is something that, that Discovery is looking at. Um, you know, another piece of this, for if whether Discovery gets scripts or Viacom gets scripts, I mean, there's a big international opportunity for, um, you know, a channel like HGTV that's just now starting to kind of um, launch its channel outside the U.S. And Discovery and Viacom have pretty big um, footprints already around Europe. Paul, what are some reasons that a deal doesn't make sense for either of these companies? Well, I think, you know, first of all, you have to recognize that you're dealing with a family-controlled company uh, at Scripps Networks. Um, The Scripps family um, controls approximately 90% or 92% of the vote here, So, and that was one of the stumbling blocks for a Discovery Scripps deal happening about three years ago. So you have to make sure that it – well, you have to really – probably pay a very big premium to convince the family to give up the ownership here. So this is not an easy deal because of the family ownership. Um, And you could even make the argument that pro forma for 
you know, Viacom buying scripts or Discovery buying scripts, the combined company even then isn't really big enough to survive in this world that, um, um, that there, perhaps even a bigger transaction is, is needed here. So, um, so this is not by any stretch of imagination a, a done deal. Um, I think when you talk about uh, Viacom, for example, you have to talk about the Redstone family and all the uncertainty that is there in the ownership of the Viacom company. Are they prepared, after just really being on their deathbed maybe a year or so ago, um, are they in a position to mount a major acquisition here? So, um, you know, lots of un- uncertainties here, but I think the market is is recognizing or discounting the fact that this industry, um, the content industry, really does need to consolidate, um, if for no other reason, to just recognize the fact that the growth rates for this business aren't what they used to be. Uh, So maybe it's time to kind of get bigger, circle the wagons, and really trying to focus on cost cutting. One reason this deal may make sense for Viacom is that if you go back and, you know, if here's some of those networks I mentioned, Centric, Logo TV, MTV Trace, Viacom probably would be better off getting rid of some of these networks, but it may not be able to, or perhaps one of the reasons it hasn't already is that it just isn't big enough yet. So if you lop off some networks, you actually make yourself weaker rather than stronger. You could, you only can get stronger by lopping off the underperformers if you actually acquire better networks. Then with that additional scale, you can then go back and say, okay, we are now big enough where we can eliminate some of our underperformers and still have enough scale to be a robust negotiator when it comes down to pay TV negotiation time. Is that fair? It's interesting. You know, Bob Backish, the new CEO of Viacom, you know, one of the strategic strategies that, that he really implemented right off the bat was to focus on, you know, a very small number of core brands. Um, so, and uh, that really suggests that a, that a lot of their smaller cable networks were not long for the world because, you know, they actually, you know, you know, kind of called out what the core brands are, and there were a lot of of the state of the networks that they own were, were not part of that core brand strategy. So that really suggested that you know they were going to kind of be orphans out there. So the question is: Is Viacom feel confident enough? Do its shareholders feel confident enough? Do its uh, you know creditors feel confident enough to back a you know what could be a you know ten to twelve to fourteen billion dollar uh, equity bid here? And then, of course, as you mentioned, the Redstone family will this deal be able to be structured because this is assuredly going to be a cash stock deal with either company, will they be able to find a way to get sort of a uh, a viable uh, negotiated control uh, between the families of this company where the Scripps family says, okay, we'll own X percentage of this new company, and the Redstone family says, okay, you know, we, can tr- we, we want this amount of control, but we want this percent of the voting shares controlled. That's always the difficulty with these family-to-family type deals. There's an added layer of complexity because they have dual-class share structures. On the discovery side, Jerry, we have heard John Malone, who who controls the voting shares, uh, or at least owns quite quite a large percentage of voting shares for discovery. We have heard him talk about rolling up these so-called free radicals for a while. We saw him bring Lionsgate and Stars together, we haven't really seen another example of that. This would be that. Perhaps that gives Discovery a bit of an edge here and that Malone has already stated he really wants to do this. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of the favorite parlor games in the media world. Is what is John Malone up to, and how is he moving the the chess pieces around his his empire? Um, so, I mean, he's a big backer in Discovery. He's talked about how these sort of smaller, mid sized media companies he calls them free radicals how they need to combine. Um, you know, if you look outside the U.S., uh, his Liberty Empire has combined distribution and content, and so he's a believer in that. And so you start to think about discovery potentially. He also has a big uh, stake in charter communications. You know, he has interests in both distributors and programmers. And you start to think about maybe how he might try to put all that together. You know, but certainly when we've seen with Lionsgate and Stars and now with Discovery potentially buying scripts, I mean, you can start to see him sort of moving the chess pieces around. And by the way, he never really defined free radical, but those in the media have sort of taken it to mean subscale TV programmers, right? Yeah, I think most people look at that as um, discovery and scripts. I mean, one company we haven't talked about is AMC Networks, and owned by it, the Dolan family, right? And and where does where does this leave AMC? You know, if uh, discovery and scripts end up uh, joining, so um, yeah, I mean, there he certainly believes that. I mean, another thing to think about with Discovery and Scripps is they both have been left out of some of these new online TV services from companies like YouTube and Hulu. So it sort of adds an extra layer of urgency for these companies that they're starting, you know, if the future of television is these, you know, $20, $30 a month online services and their channels are not being included they might want to get together and, and that would give them a little more negotiating leverage. So some, some of the times on these uh, deal podcasts, we don't exactly know when the deal will be announced. On this one, my sources indicate that we will know an answer soon, probably by next week's podcast. Uh, so we will see whether it's Discovery or Viacom that ends up with Scripps Networks. Jerry Smith, Bloomberg Media reporter, and Paul Sweeney, Bloomberg Media analyst, thank you for joining us. That's it for this week's episode of Deal of the Week. Hope you enjoyed that. You can follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Jerry, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, at Jerry F. Smith. And Paul? At P.T. Sweeney. Remember, you can catch all of our podcasts on Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. And, of course, on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And remember to rate and review our show there. You will help other people find the podcast. Sarah Patterson is our producer, Alec McCabe head of Bloomberg Podcast. See you next week.